0: Your first Geekscape in a while, sorry about that, but we're going to be talking about brand new movies like Looper, End of Watch, the upcoming Marvel Now, my thoughts on the Nintendo Wii U, and huge news on Dock of the Dead on this Geekscape. Let's uh, just get it started. Let me think about what order uh, we want to talk about. Thanks for uh, still listening, guys. Um, I took almost two weeks off, and it's not even one of those things that I intended, like I'm going to take a break from Geekscape um, it just got away from me. Uh, as I described it, as I described it to Derek, our, um, our writer Derek, I, I I was like, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd clear the time and then stuff would come in to fill the time. So like you would dig a hole and it would just fill up every time you dug the hole. So, um, I, I wanted to do geekscapes. It just got away from me. So I'm thinking about ways to make it easier to just, Record geekscapes. Um, after I finish recording this and, and start them uploading, I'm going to run to the store and maybe buy something for my office, like a side table that I can just have the recording set up, like a mini setup, mini studio setup, just to uh, have the mixer on there, have the, the preamp, the, the M audio thing on there, and then um, literally just start the program, plug it in, and get to geekscaping because. You guys are the ones I don't want suffering. You've stuck with me long enough. You guys have stuck with me five years. Um, real quick, let's, get to, let, let's do some news that is GeekScape-centric news. I think that's the pattern with this show. Let's, let's talk about GeekScape first. Doc of the Dead. A lot of people were thinking, hey, what's going on with Doc of the Dead? You know, you, we announced it in, uh, at Comic-Con. We had the Charlie Adler poster. When are you guys actually going to see some footage? Because we've been shooting footage since April. Where? Uh, let me just tell you guys. Tuesday. It's easy enough. Tuesday, October second, we're going to launch not only the trailer but a Kickstarter uh, campaign to get us going to to film. Uh, you know, we we've been paying for the movie out of pocket, especially Alexander and and the People vs. George folks at Exhibit A. Uh, they've been paying for it out of pocket. George and I on the Geekscape end have been paying for it out of pocket, and Red Letter Media has been doing their ends out of pocket. And uh, not that this Kickstarter that's going to start on Tuesday is to recoup that. That stuff's been spent. It's to start the movie off right. It's uh, not a huge amount either. You guys will see it on Tuesday. We just want to start being able to pay to do things like in Denver, they're going to be interviewing a ton more people, um, looking to interview a lot of cool names that are basically, if, it, if you're a zombie fan, <laughs> these are the names you want interviewed. And this uh, Kickstarter will make that possible. It will also allow George and I to go and shoot some of the, the, the narrative on assignment segments of the film. I don't want to tell you guys too much about it, just look for the website, go to geekscape.net and look for the fact that we're going to be launching our Kickstarter on Tuesday and you will be able to see a trailer, I've seen the rough cut of the trailer, I love it, it's got Simon Pegg in it, it's got George Romero, it's got some really cool people in it, my buddy Matt Moak, and um, yeah, <laughs> so Doc of the Dead is coming, you guys on Tuesday will be able to share it with your friends and be like, see, something's coming of Geekscape after all these years. Um, Things have been moving on the other projects too, you know, like I've been trying to edit the project with my brother, but uh, I'm just you know I've got my limitations as an editor. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Uh, it's always good to be editing with somebody and they see your footage in ways that you never saw your footage, and sometimes as a director, when you get into editing, you don't see the forest for the trees, and it's helpful for me to sit down with an editor and it just comes down to finding one. Um, I think George wants me to edit a little more than I'm able to. Um, so we're going to have to have the Come to Jesus talk And be like, George, listen I'm not the guy <laughs> to run this Into the end zone This edit, I'm not the guy I can, I can get you within field goal range But we don't need a field goal We want a touchdown For this project And I'm not the guy to deliver To run this thing across the line We need a really kick-ass editor, I think uh, The footage is there, we need the editor um, And then Gabe By on. I may or may not have started to try and bring people on to Gay on to shoot a movie that would have a Geekscape logo in front of it. So that's all I can tell you guys. The important thing is, Doc of the Dead, this coming Tuesday, look for the Kickstarter, support it. As an aside, you guys remember at Kamikaze, we had Matt Moke on the show, and he was talking about the George Romero Hollywood Star Walk of Fame Indiegogo campaign he was starting. He's trying to raise $45,000. That's going. Uh, that started today so go to Indiegogo search for George Romero walk of fame just search for George Romero and this will come up Indiegogo George Romero and you'll have a video of Matt Moak talking about raising funds to get George Romero his much deserved walk of fame star Um, that's going on right now definitely throw Matt anything you can Um, that's a very valuable cause I think especially if you're a zombie horror fan if you're a fan of either of those things, you know you owe it to the grandfather of the zombie genre, George Romero, to go and throw a couple bucks to get him the recognition he deserves on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, all right, so that's what's going on in Geekscape. Um, I came out of Kamikaze, and, I, and I, I made a big mistake. Do you guys do this? Um, your inefficiency suffers because <laughs> you just don't clean your office. I uh, I came out of Kamikaze, and I... Um, and I took everything from the booth, and I just put it in my office. I didn't even organize it. I didn't, my, my office looked like a, a bomb shelter. Uh, it, looked like, it just looked like... Not, a bomb shelter is not even what you say. Like, it just looked like, it, yeah, it looked like a bomb shelter. It had a ton of stuff in it. And none of it belonged in my office, and it just kills your efficiency. Do you guys ever do that? I, I mean, why did it take me to 33 years old to realize the mantra that if your productivity is sucking, clean your effing office. So... That's what i got to do. I'm going to clean my office. I'm going to go out and get something for me to have a permanent recording setup for Geekscape right there next to my desk. So all I have to do is turn my head, plug something in, and hit record, and I get you guys some Geekscapes, and we'll be going. All right. That's all been taken care of. Let's talk movies. I think we've all heard by now that Dread 3D is awesome. i got I got to agree with you. Dread 3D is awesome. Uh, Sean Madden and I went to see it, and he wrote a review on the site that I have to agree with. Um, it was it was all adulation from Sean on this review, because it's a Sean review, um, but um, I agree with him. Uh, I think the movie's a lot of fun, and um, if you're going to see it, see it in 3D, but you've heard that by now, because the movie's been out a week, and it's my fault that you didn't hear it from me first. End of Watch is also a movie you need to be watching. Um, another recommended movie from Sean. Uh, I took my brother and my wife to see it uh, this past week, and it, it's a really intense movie, Like, it's a mixture of found footage and doc style um, because it does seem, you know, the Jake Gyllenhaal character and um, and the characters in the movie have the cameras, but there's always kind of an omnipresent uh, third-person camera that's shooting them as well. And it's it's not like there's a documentary team following them or anything like that. Um, You kind of ignore it because it doesn't completely commit to being found footage. It doesn't completely commit to being a doc-style movie. It's just a really well done movie it has a great balance of humor a great balance of some really intense um, police procedural type stuff on it and it's got some fantastic perspectives to it you know what i mean each character is really unique and it does things that not a lot of cop movies do even movies like training day which david ayer also i think he wrote the script for it um even a movie like training day doesn't take it to this level of like a realism and um i thought it was fantastic I mean, really, really intense movie. Uh, you guys definitely should check that one out. Even if you're not interested in the movie, which I found myself like, oh, do I really want to see this kind of, in? you know, I mean, I live in Los Angeles. And I'm watching it, and, and I'm just like, yep, that's why you don't go in those parts of Los Angeles. Uh, I'm watching it, and it's just a lot of reality. So sometimes when you go to the movies, you don't want to take in that much of a reality, and, and this movie is not going to cut corners on that. It, it's not going to shy away from it. So prepare yourself for that. But it's very much worth seeing. Absolutely. Go see it. Um, and of Watch was great. Also, Geekscape News, we, we had our Sinister screening with director Scott Derrickson and Jason Blumhouse. Of, uh, Blumhouse, he's the producer of the Paranormal Activity movies and he did Insidious. Um, so we threw this, this screening. Thanks to you guys, it was, a, it was a blast. We sold out the screening like two, three weeks in advance. We then had to get a bigger screening room. So we got a bigger theater. We then sold that out and we had a great time. Um, Derek had a great write-up up on the site about it. I actually wrote a write-up, and the computer ate it. I, I hit publish on the Geekscape website to publish this you know, <laughs> this article I'd been working on for an hour. <laughs> and our site ate it. <laughs> it didn't show up. It sh- the article showed up, and it was blank. And I was so fuming, pissed, that I, I just couldn't rewrite it. So thanks, Derek, for completely uh, taking that one and running with it. Uh, the screening was great. Scott is such a nice guy And he's a good director He's a really, uh, he's a really really good director And then Jason is just a super nice guy as well And in uh, and, and I don't know how many of you guys Outside of Los Angeles ha- Think of Hollywood producers Especially ones that have had the success of Jason um, Blumhouse Especially with the paranormal activity In like 20 years and, of working in the industry If not more And you don't even think that you've been working in the industry for 20 years Because the dude looks super young and he's cool um, But um, a lot of people with pedigree, you always think, oh, they're going to be dicks, or are oh, they going to be cocky? Are oh, they going to... No, no. Jason is awesome, and it got to the point where Alex from Flixis and I were doing the Q and A, um, and the Q and A was going long, and and I said, uh, all right, well, let's take one or two more questions, and there were there were about eight people with their hands up, right? And Jason goes, no, 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 let's just let's take every single one we're going to stay in this theater until everybody gets, who wants to get their questions answered answered. And anyone who wanted their poster signed, because everybody got free posters, everyone who wanted their poster signed got their poster signed. And that's just so refreshing to see. It's fantastic. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that's a rarity because I don't want to be one of those people who say Hollywood is just full of people in it for themselves. this and that. Um, but what's refreshing is, is not only seeing it, but, um, but, but throwing an event with them. You know what I mean? Because, it was great to be able to promote a movie for people who who you really like and um and and i didn 't know going in that I was necessarily going to like these individuals or like the movie or this and that, but um it was quite rewarding to see that uh that they turned out to be some amazingly great eggs. <laughs> You're a good egg, both of you. And uh, if you're in L.A., uh, Jason um, Blumhouse is throwing, uh, he's starting up on the 4th of October, the Blumhouse of Horrors, which is in downtown L.A. on Figueroa, and it's a horror house. And my Texan accent, I'm not actually saying it's a, it's a house of prostitution. It's a horror house. It's a house of horrors. It is a scary house for Halloween. Um, so if you're in Los Angeles, we're going to actually send uh, Tracy down there, who's been writing up our Doctor Who and stuff, Uh, We're going to send Tracy down there to get scared and write up a story for all of you Geekscapists to read up on the site so you can go to the uh, Blumhouse of Horrors for yourself. Um, All right, so Sinister, End of Watch, Dread. I'm going to do an additional mini-podcast about The Master, a movie that I just can't throw into one of these Geekscape pods because I'm thinking too much about it. Um, Looper, the big one that came from Ryan Johnson this past weekend, and you love Ryan Johnson because he did Brick. Uh, and this one, you guys know, it's J- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's a looper. He is an assassin who has sent targets from the future, and he immediately assassinates them so that their bodies disappear in the future, and he uh, eliminates them in the past. And it's a whole thing. And when 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 you're a looper, of course, you, you don't want to be a, you know, you, you, I guess your existence is a bit of a liability to your employers. Later in the future, you can always say, hey, I was a looper, and these people hired me. Uh, then again, you, in the future, you can also run into your employers, which is a problem. So your employers, after about 30 years of you being a looper, they close the loop by sending your future self back to you in order for you to murder them. And uh, and that's called closing the loop. You are your own killer. And so um, you don't want to get your future self to get away from you. It can, things can get messy. The time travel can get messy, et cetera despite all the time cop rules of same matter occupying same space. We don't even want to go there, and this movie doesn't go there. But um, you do see the consequences of someone letting their future self go, and it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Uh, One of the loopers, when their future self shows up, allows the future self to run away. And Jeff Daniels, who plays the boss of the the quote-unquote modern-day loopers, who are in the third? Who are at the the modern day of the of the script, which is nineteen, which is two thousand and forty seven. It's a little bit in the future. Um, he actually, it's really he's a good bad guy, and the movie's really good. Uh, everything you've read online about how good the movie is, I agree with it. Um, I think that we're giving the movie some admissions that um, I think I think I think we're letting some of the movie go off a little easy, which is great. Inacceptable um, because it is very original and, and unique idea, and the world is, is is completely cohesive and fun to exist in. So you overlook things like you overlook some of the plot holes, you overlook um, some of the questions you have about how the time travel isn't very strict in the film. You overlook the fact that introduced very early in the movie. This isn't a spoiler. Is that there's telekinetics. Uh, there are some humans who have been born with telekinesis, and they're known as TKS and it starts to, uh, later in the film, create a little bit of a deus ex machina, like, um, like you know, get out of jail free card in the plot. And you overlook it because the movie is really well directed and really well written and it's a lot of fun to watch. And as distracting as Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance is in the movie because he's doing, uh, with the addition of makeup, he's doing a very really, really, really good uh, Bruce Willis affectation like he's do- I don't even want to call it an impersonation Because it's not an impersonation It's a really well done performance So it's a bit more of an affectation And he's doing it so well And it's so much fun to watch him do Bruce Willis A young Bruce Willis um, That you even overlook how distracting it is Because you are conscious of the performance The entire movie um, But you're having so much fun watching it And you're having so much fun seeing it In the context of this world That you let it go Does that make sense, guys? Usually something that distracting in a movie kills the movie. Um, Think, if you can, uh, for some performances that have been so stylized that they've distracted you to the point where the movie no longer works. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but you know they exist. Feel free to throw them at me or throw them up on the Geekscape website and our forums. Um, What are some movies where the performance has been so distracting that it just ruined the movie because you didn't buy it? This one, it's very obvious that it's a... Perf- nah, that turns into an imitation. I don't think that imitation is the word because Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing a really great job of it. I think affectation is what you're stuck with. Um, it's so much fun watching him do it, even though you're completely always aware of it, uh, and it's so much fun seeing it happen in the context of a very fun movie that you're overlooking it. Um, there are some pace issues uh, once um, Emily Blunt's character is introduced into the movie, um, around that time the the movie slows down a lot um, but that's also a credit to the first half of the movie which is a lot of fun and just clips so aggressively that you're having so much fun in this movie that it's bound to slow down and when it does slow down um, luckily it's doing some really cool things on a character level so you're not, you're, you're not bummed out but I think those things are things that people aren't always bringing up in their complete adulation of the film and you know what Let's go with it. If you want to completely adore this film, go for it, go for it, go for it. I will support that because um, it's, it's, it's small, det- like, detractions aren't, aren't even worth uh, bringing up for the most part. Um, they exist, but, um, but I think this movie isn't one that's going to succumb to those in time. You know, like, over time, you think of a movie, and you're like, Yeah, it wasn't as good as I thought it was when I first saw it. I don't think that this movie is that. I think this movie will be celebrated for a long time. Um, he, I will say this. Ryan Johnson is such a complete talent. He's absolutely the director I would put on the top of the list for a Doctor Strange movie. Someone who can think about things on a mechanical plot level, but also on a conceptual level, uh, you know, like time travel, and with a lot of varying storylines, like he did in Brick and like he did in here. Um, he can think of things like You know he, he can just juggle A lot of cool plates And I think you need A director like that And a creator like that To do something like Doctor Strange That's all I'm saying Because Doctor Strange Of course is a character That lives on our pl- on, a, on our plan of existence He lives on other Planes of existence I think Ryan Johnson's The guy Just throwing it out there Throwing it out there uh, Go see Looper You're, you're really going to Enjoy it Alright I covered Doctor of the Dead I it Looper Sinister End of Watch what else I got on the list? Stan Lee is okay. Guys, um, I think Ryan, I think our buddy Phil Johnson over at Bleeding Cool started this rumor about Stan Lee's health. <laughs> naughty, naughty Phil. Um, I don't know how bad the rumor got. I just know that I was talking to uh, Regina at Kamikaze about uh, Stan's health. And um, they issued a press release. Stan issued a press release that he did, in fact, get a... Um, is a heart monitor installed into himself And I say installed like he's a robot But you know what, Stan Lee's a machine So why not um, I'm guessing that this is a Stark Industries heart monitor And it probably runs off of um, It probably runs off of the, of the, of the Power source that, that Stark Industries has Developed, so we'll probably have Stan For another hundred years at least um, At that point he'll be full robot And we'll have him for another thousand um, But of course, everybody at Geekscape loves Stan Lee and we just saw him at Kamikaze, and he was great. So uh, we love you, Stan, and we hope you keep... <laughs> I was about to say, hope you keep ticking, which I don't know if you can do in the context of a heart monitor discussion, but we love you, Stan. Um, one of my favorite moments of Geekscape was meeting Stanley uh, two years ago and, and, and being able to talk to him for a little bit. That was just an awesome moment that every I think every kid uh, who's grown up with comic books just dreams of, and I got to experience it, and its I've, I've got the photo, and it's just, uh, yeah, um, that's all I can say. I'm I moved a bit. I'm a, a bit lost for words on this one, and you may be like, Jonathan's never lost for words. Even if it, they're meaningless words, he spits them out with such veracity. But, um, yeah, and no, uh, um, it was an honor to meet Stan, and I uh, wish him the best recovery. I don't know how grueling a recovery that is from a heart monitor, but Stan is a man. You can do it And you are doing it And we look forward To seeing you next year At Kamikaze Alright Stanley, Dog of the Dead George Romero If you're into comic books There's a comic book That I picked up And let's just talk about it Because Morrison Con Happened this past weekend And wasn't transported Into another dimension uh, Which I thought Was going to happen At Morrison Con I thought Grant Morrison Was going to successfully Transport everybody Into a fucking like demon Dimension or something um, Grant Morrison put out A new book With uh, frequent collaborator Derek Robertson It's called Happy First half of this book, I didn't see what the big deal was, but you know that Grant Morrison's going to throw you for a loop. And Derek Robertson's artwork is so damn good that you're going you're to go along with it. Uh, Derek Robertson is really good, especially when he's going with the Grant Morrison script. It's just a pleasure to see the guy draw this world. Even if the world is something that we've seen before, this kind of gruesome... Shock value world. I mean, there's a guy getting a blowjob, and you know, from a whore, and, and you know, he's gonna smash her brain in with a hammer. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, like, I I don't like reading this stuff. Not because uh, I, I it gets boring. Um, this I mean, this is like this is like the, the last couple issues or the last couple story arcs of Preacher when it was like the dude making a woman out of meat. Um, when stuff devolves into shock, then it's, it's it stops being about craft. Not to say that Grant Morrison isn't a fan... Like, there's not even a word for how good of a writer he is. He's a fantastic, amazing, incredible writer. So why is every other word fuck? You know? Um, I think that there should be more brevity to that kind of stuff and get more to the meat of what's going on. I mean, this is a guy who can literally create a world in a panel. and a few words, he creates a world. I don't want to sit through... A, I don't want to wade through shit to get to... The prize. Does that make sense? And I think that it, it it just knocks the story down. That being said, Happy's absolutely worth picking up. Um, I don't want to ruin the twist for you. And thank God I read the book without having the twist ruined for me. Um, but yeah, you're you're gonna read sort of this first half of a book where you're like, yeah, I, I know what this is about. There's a an ex policeman who's now a hitman, or you know, and the mob's after him because he he has a secret password that the mob wants, and they're gonna torture it out of him. And they're sending guy after guy, and he's putting them all on the ground. And he's he's a he's a hitman with a heart of gold, or you know we've we've seen that before. And having you know Grant Morrison write it definitely adds a, a different level to it. But um, the second half of the book starts to really be fun. That is why you're going to buy this book, Scapists. I don't want to ruin it for you. Obviously, the cover has blue feathers on it, and that's a bit of a hint. Um, but I like the idea of this book. Does that make sense? Even though I complained about the shock value stuff that I think, you know, sometimes Morrison falls into, sometimes uh, Mark Millar falls into, you know, Garth Ennis, guys who I know are better writers. We all know they're better writers. We've seen them be better writers. The shock stuff, does it have a place in comics? Yeah, but I think it's a very narrow place. I think it's a much narrower place than has actually been showcased for us. There, there, I mean, there, there should be less of it because it's all fairly redundant. Um, and it all exists in the same voice You know uh, So Yeah you're going to want to wade through the first half of this book In order to get to the last half of the book Where it really shows the promise of this series It's a four issue series First issue came out this past week And go ahead and pay the $2.99 to go pick it up I'm uh, I'm excited to see where it goes And then, um, and then there's a new like uh, In the back there's a new uh, There was an ad for a book That I got excited about Because I love Ed Brubaker Scene of the Crime, Ed Brubaker, Michael Lark, and his frequent collaborator, Sean Phillips. This fucking looks great. The truth is the only thing more elusive than the killer. From the crew creators of Gotham Central and Fatale, a deluxe oversized hardcover coming in November 2012. Scene of the Crime by Ed Brubaker. I'm so pumped for that book. Um, I love comics, guys. I really love comics. I've been reading a ton of comics. We definitely, uh, we definitely need to be talking more comics. In, 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 on that vein, I'm so excited for Marvel now. It really does feel like the Marvel books are spinning their wheels more than anything right now. And they're trying to find themselves into these abrupt storyline conclusions. Uh, and I'm not talking about uh, Avengers vs. X-Men, which is kind of the driving force of the Marvel Universe right now. I'm talking about, like, the ancillary books, the ones that like, like Captain America that just needs to be wrapped up. I'm talking about books like The Hulk, uh, Iron Man. Um, Iron Man has been kind of good. Iron Man has been good because the Mandarin's kind of... You know, it's, it's Iron Man versus the Mandarin, and it's been good. But knowing that these characters are going to get a whole new style, look, context in um, Marvel now, um, we're just kind of seeing things run their course right now instead of be kicked up into another drive. And Sean, our writer Sean, posted some of the um, artwork from from Uncanny Avengers it looks incredible. This is John Cassidy artwork. He hasn't drawn Marvel since Josh Whedon's Astonishing uh, X-Men. This looks awesome. Go check it out on the website right now, geekscape.net. Go check it out. It's preview artwork for Uncanny Avengers issue number one. It's going to blow your mind. Just saying, just saying, it is so good to have John Cassidy drawing back in the Marvel Universe, and I could not be more excited for Marvel now. I know what you guys are saying. Jonathan, they do this all the time. They're always doing these... Events that are going to cause you to get more books and da 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 da. I like the books. Sue me. Yeah, I, I see the two page spread on the Joker returning to Batman that they're doing with uh, Scott Snyder over at DC. Literally a two page spread, and it just feels like they're doing another massive Bat Book crossover after, like, so close after the whole Night of the Owls thing. Who cares? It's Scott Snyder He's the architect of the Batman universe right now over at DC And he's telling good stories I'm excited about it I liked Talon Zero You know I don't think there's fatigue right now Not if the stories are this good So hats off to Scott Snyder Hats off to people like John Cassidy Who are giving reason to have these stories be revamped If you're going to revamp a story in Scott Snyder's If you're going to do a multi-issue crossover event And Scott Snyder's your architect Yes, please If you're going to have a revamped book and John Cassidy is your artist, yes, please. You see what I'm saying here? People immediately start stamping on these things as if they're bad. But look at what they're made up of. If that's how we get John Cassidy back to drawing in the Marvel Universe, sign me up. Um, That's about it, guys. I do want to say that I'm very excited for the... Nintendo DLC, is that an oxymoron? No, Nintendo's, N- Nintendo is literally doing DLC for New Super Mario Bros. 2 on the 3DS. There's additional levels that they're putting out through DLC. Oh my God, can you believe it? M- Nintendo, of all companies, is doing DLC. <gasps> I could not be more excited. It's about time they caught up with the whole DLC trend. Um, they're doing additional mev- levels for the 3DS now. Maybe once the Wii U comes out and you know the Wii U's going to be getting some Mario Kart, you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Additional tracks, DLC. Nintendo, welcome to the 21st century where you have online capabilities, an online marketplace that actually works, and now you have DLC. I would like to thank you on behalf of all gamers and welcome you, Nintendo, to the, the present day. <laughs> <laughs> Where DLC is a thing that you should embrace and uh, and not shrug off. Um, all right? So thank you for my Super Mario Brothers 2 DLC that's coming soon. Um, people in Japan can get it as of this Tuesday. Um, all right, guys. That's Geekscape. Check out geekscape.net. Of course, on Tuesday, look for the big Doc of the Dead announcement. Start throwing us your monies for that Kickstarter. And um, any questions, throw them at me. Jonathan at geekscape.net. You can also befriend us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, search for Geekscape. You'll find us. We'll be all friends on there. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at JonathanLondon. And that is that. Welcome back, Jonathan. So good to have you in Geekscape again. Well, you're very welcome, Jonathan. Let's try and do this a little bit more frequently. Absolutely, I'm planning on it. Peace.